are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Greetings one and all. My name is Kavi and I am back here with Amodamar on another Amodamar podcast. Hello Amoda. Hello Kavi. So today we have a, an, an exploration about non-duality oneness and duality and um let's see if we can we we, we can explore a little bit let me read something to you Amoda, and see if we can uh, we can get into this first of all i'm just going to say something and then I, i'm going to read something out and then we'll jump in and we'll jump in so the deepest acceptance of duality is non-duality. How can duality and non-duality be reconciled? So I'm going to leave that there to, to just a fester <laughs> for a while. Let me read something to you that we talked a little bit about earlier. Non-duality has become a much more known used term in spiritual circles these days in the last probably 20 years, it's certainly become much more popular in the West. And somehow it's often understood or assumed to mean oneness. We're going to have a look at, at that. And this can lead to a denial of the perceived duality of things, a denial of objects, individuals, the world, suffering, etc., etc., what are the problems or limitations with this understanding or viewpoint, like bypassing? <laughs> Is duality an illusion? Now, there's a lot to go into there. I'm going to th- throw the floor open to see just where this river wants to go. This, As, as people know, these are conversations that are not fixed. There, there are explorations where I try and pick up what you come up with from your teaching, from your books, from the, all the work that we do, and uh, to see if we can, you know, just open it up to, to, to broaden that, that inquiry, broaden that conversation. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is very pertinent to obviously the first book that you wrote, really the main book, Embodied Enlightenment, and always in our teaching, this comes up because there are so many assumptions about oneness, particularly about what it means. Yeah. So let's go. Mm, Yes, a rich topic. You ask, how can duality and non-duality be reconciled? I think it's right there that the problem or the misunderstanding arises. 
that somehow in the mind of the seeker or the one who is interested in spirituality is on their own spiritual path and has come across this term or teaching of non-duality, has understood it, has even touched it. But right there, there remains uh, something that is unexamined. It's as if the understanding of non-duality has been grasped by the unilluminated mind and become an opposite to duality. It sounds literally as the words are used duality and non-duality, that they are opposites. And the mind (laughs) likes to see opposites. It understands opposites. So duality and non-duality becomes mis- understood, misrepresented, and that leads to a whole host of problems. But let's, before we discuss those, maybe just let's, let's, let me go into a little more deeply what that misunderstanding is. You, you said it a little bit earlier that in the understanding or claiming if even of non-duality or even the glimpse of non-duality. That then very quickly can lead to the conclusion that duality is an illusion. That the world that we see, the things, the objects, other people, And all expressions of that, the expressions are the very human experience of suffering and pain, the human experience of differences, differences in culture, differences in beliefs, and so on. That is all put into some kind of box or bag called illusion. And then this idea of non-duality, which is equated as oneness, is held onto very tightly. In that only consciousness is real. And that that means that I don't see differences, I don't see suffering, I don't see 
yeah, the things I see, <laughs> such as objects and things and forms, appearances are not real. And that can lead to bypassing, yeah, a bypassing of our actual direct felt experience. So this is when duality and non-duality have become opposites. So the phrase that you read out at the beginning, the deepest acceptance of duality is non-duality, that points to the deeper significance or the deeper meaning or the deeper realization of non-duality, yeah, a true non-dual realization, the recognition of the light of consciousness. We can say that in a number of ways. We can call it emptiness. We can call it the luminosity of being. It's realized as that. It's recognized as that. Not mentally, but viscerally. Yeah, that's what awakening is. When that has been fully realized, it doesn't stop there. We don't remain in emptiness. We don't remain as consciousness. It's not separate from the world of seeming duality of things, of objects, of seeming separation, of forms, appearances, everything that comes and goes. That we're not separate from that. Yeah, it's not a stance that is taken, a position that's taken, that it then is in opposition to duality or somehow negates duality. It returns to the world because the deepest recognition, the deepest realization is that everything that appears, all forms, all things, all individuations, all manifestations, all thoughts, all feelings, all energies, which are always going to be experienced as duality because everything in the world of manifest form is in terms of contrasts and opposites. Yeah. Yeah, The deepest recognition is that all this, these manifestations, all these seeming, all these individuations, manifestations, expressions, forms, appearances are inseparable from the light of beingness. In other words, they arise from and within that. That's the, that's the end or the collapse of spirit and matter. It's not that spirit and matter or consciousness and form, formless and form, emptiness and fullness are opposites. They are one and the same. That's the deepest meaning and the deepest realization of non-duality. And so that does not negate the experience of form. 
I, I, I've, I heard you use the word stance, which is an interesting word uh, that you've used before. About yeah, which speaks to the to the to a certain understanding. There are. I mean, what I'm going to ask is: is there a is there a place for there are some non-dual uh, teachers who've been around, pointers who've been around for really quite a long time, who just point to the absolute and say it's an illusion, it's an illusion, it's an illusion, it's an illusion. Is there, is there a place for that? Because what I'm hearing, is that a, is that a stance? <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm also kind of trying to get to is, is, is the heart part of the process of uh, the embodied realisation lived experience of non-duality so two questions really yeah the whole being yeah mind body heart whatever you want to call it is a part of the non-dual realization yeah the whole the whole is realizing this so if we're referring to the heart as a deepening into the human experience, at least on one level, yeah, <laughs> the deeper significance of the heart is a doorway to beingness, then of course that has to be included. And that's where it usually gets stuck. It becomes a stance, a mental stance, a philosophical stance. When the, yeah, when the personal softening into one's own human experience is denied, that's called spiritual bypassing. <laughs> so in that sense, yes, the whole being, the whole human has to be involved or realized in this non-dual awakening do spiritual teachers that point to only the absolute only consciousness is real the world is a dream and so on are they spiritually bypassing well i can't possibly know I, some maybe, and some maybe fully realized in the embodied sense, but like to point to that because on one level, that's very valuable. Mm, that's right. Because the ordinary human being, if you like, or the un self-realized human being is so steeped in is the lost dream. in, in is the so other lost in the dream. Yes. it's like a swingometer isn't yeah it? <laughs> um and yet at the same time there's a danger in that because the danger is uh, a sort of encouragement of spiritual bypassing yes, and yes. that's when many or some yes. spiritual seekers especially the 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 more 
the ones who are newer to it or some, you know, I don't know, perhaps there are other reasons, really can grasp non-duality because at some point it can easily be grasped. Once you yes. get it, you get it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But you yeah. can get yeah. it, but it hasn't gone all the way. Yeah, that's and that's right. when the whole being that you're talking about, the, the heart, the body, the human experience has to be included. So there's a truth in saying that it's all a dream. But the, the, the error is that it's not things that are a dream. It's not appearances that are a dream that are not real. They do exist because form and formlessness are one. Yeah, it's not that forms don't exist. Yeah, it's obvious that we can touch a table and that we can speak to another human being, that I am experiencing this body. Yeah, it, it, this is direct experience. It's not that that is the dream. The dream is our interpretation of it. Yeah, the 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 derivation of identity, self identity, from our experience of appearances—that's the dream. Yeah. And when that has been seen through, then we can really fully accept the appearances, the forms, the play of forms, the leela, without getting the lost in the dream that is created by the self that creates its identity out of those things. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> so then that brings us to an acceptance, an acceptance that there are forms, there, an acceptance that there are individuations, and also an acceptance that those forms and those individu individuations are subject to birth and death. Ah, the great, and the great we thing have, we we want to avoid. Yes, and there we have <laughs> suffering. There we have the problem. Pain, let's say. <laughs> well, suffering is the avoidance of that. But pain, heartbreak, the human condition, the human experience, I should say. Yes. Yeah? And that cannot be avoided. So the deepest acceptance of that, that there is a leela playing itself out, that there is birth, there is death, there is sun rising, sun setting, there is night, there is day, and so on and so on. That brings us to a very deep compassion, humility, forgiveness, yeah. humility, maturity, and acceptance. And there, the non-dual realization supports us in that, supports us in that compassion supports us in that acceptance supports us in that forgiveness and that is the end of personal suffering created out of getting lost in the dream of our own interpretations our rejections our avoidances our resistances our grasping our aversion that's the end <laughs> well, it is in a sense because it speaks to it on, on you know very, very clearly. When I when you're talking, what I imagine is that swingometer. And on the one hand, on the on the flat side of one side, it's the total identification of the human being with who they, who we think we are. Yeah, identification with form. I am the wave. Period. That's it. End of story. There is no ocean. There's nothing. Just that. To to then the other side, if 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 we can call, just use sides as an idea, that that everything is the ocean, the end. That's it. And none, nothing else matters. Yeah. yeah there are no waves. There are no waves. 
Yeah, the wave is an illusion, which is there's a fun, there's a little truth in that. But what I hear is the collapse of almost both of those ideas into the middle ground, and the middle ground is where we we don't really you know want to pitch our tent because it's too painful and it smashes our our illusions so it's like i'd rather have an illusion or magical thinking or an imagined idea of what non-duality is where there's no suffering there's no nothing because everything is just the ocean yeah yeah well the idea i mean first of all the waves can't be illusions let's just look at it you know again it's very literal (laughs) we take metaphors literally yeah, there are waves. There is ocean. The ocean and the waves are the same. The waves arise out of the ocean. They're inseparable. So the you, realization if, or the recognition of oceanness as your fundamental nature does not erase the waves. But I think this is, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you if only consciousness is real. Boom. I would say rather than than that, which is prone to this very misunderstanding that we're talking about, we could say that consciousness is primary. Consciousness is fundamental. Uh, I don't know if that's the... Consciousness is the foundation of all experience. Consciousness is the foundation of all manifestations. It's primary. It's what's here. Before the waves, before the waves arise, there is ocean. Yeah. So we can say that rather than saying only consciousness is real, which is saying only the ocean is real, but the waves don't exist or, or an imagination, but they do exist. Of course they do. That's the Leela, that's the play. They both exist at the same time, they're inseparable. I think I hear that you've got a, a more of a, a human, uh, I don't like to use the word interpretation, but a human uh, <laughs> version of non-duality, whereas it's not a fundamentalist version of non-duality. Fundamentalist version is only consciousness is real. The wave is, is an illusion doesn't and 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 therefore it's irrelevant. Advaita, which is non-duality, yeah? non-duality is a modern-day term for uh, Advaita, the Advaitic uh, teachings, um, Advaita Vedanta, that the the understanding of Advaita is not that only consciousness is real and everything else is an illusion, but that all forms arise or are inseparable from consciousness. Just as the sun's rays are inseparable from the sun, they cannot exist without the sun. They're not you know, knowing yourself as the sun doesn't negate the sun's rays. Mm. That's the light of consciousness. It's its very nature is to illuminate everything. And so it illuminates 
as it as it illuminates, it becomes an individuation. It's expressed through an individuation. And that's the true meaning of Advaita. So it's not that I'm having just a human perspective on this. Mm. It makes it human. It embraces the human. Mm. Yeah, well, that's- but it's not in that sense. It's the deepest realization of of enlightenment, of awakening, of self-realization. And the it's accept- just been misunderstood. <laughs> and therefore, it's the deepest acceptance of the nature of form, because form by its very nature is temporary. It arises in, as, a, as, a, as a moment, like a thought or a cloud or a wave or a human or an animal or a thing, and then it's it dissolves back into the formless from which it came anyway and therein lies the the rub really isn't it form is temporary yes now that we can say yes it's not an illusion yeah but it's temporary it's not that it's unreal but it's temporary mm. yes now that's where we might have a uh, a little doorway into <laughs> how this gets misunderstood. Yes, it is temporary. But in knowing that, in seeing that, in having a direct experience of that, then that means or leads to the, the end of the dream <laughs> that I can hold on to that form, whether it's my form, someone else's form, the form of thought, the form of feeling, that's the dream. Yeah. Yeah? So then there's, there's a deep acceptance of the coming and going of all forms. That's right. Yeah. There's no denial of that, but there's an acceptance of the coming and going. Do you think it's the, it's part of the human condition to avoid the temporariness a realization of the temporariness of things. Well, yes, because there isn't a recognition of consciousness as primary. Yeah, that's that is being lost in the dream of yeah. form. That's yeah, that's the the extreme, if you like, of identifying with form. And if you identify with form, then there's going to be a fear of the loss of form or the temporariness, the impermanence of it. And then there's going to be a grasping for it or trying to hold on to it and so on and so on. So, yes, but in the recognition, that's why we must come or it's valuable and helpful and supportive and liberating to come to the to the realization that consciousness is primary, consciousness is essential, who you are is that. And that starts to unravel the tentacles of identity, identification with form, and that there is liberation. That does not negate the human experience whilst we're alive. Recognizing and unraveling, if you like, the identification with Mm. form does not 
helpfully <laughs> end or remain as a detachment in which we do not feel the hmm. bittersweetness of <laughs> the human experience. The non-dual re realization can be recognized in a glimpse. It can be hijacked by the mind that thinks it understands what it is, which is what we're talking about primarily, or it can go all the way to a direct felt sense a visceral experience of emptiness as the as the primary emptiness as the essence of everything but that doesn't negate everything <laughs> the everything is that which appears in emptiness. Emptiness imbues everything. So they are inseparable. The Leela is inseparable from the light of consciousness, the formlessness. It's inseparable from that whilst we're having this experience. Of course, when we die, we are no longer having an experience of form. Yeah, so then form is not primary. Yeah, the wave merges back with the ocean temporarily or permanently. The ocean is primary. The wave is secondary, but they're not separate. <laughs> Spluttering all over the microphone. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to ask you a really puerile question here. I don't, I don't, I don't wish I didn't ask it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Because you, 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 you're speaking to a, a, a profound, if, if small, uh, moment of clear seeing of, of, of consciousness. And I, I have to ask if that doesn't happen by grace. How does it how does it happen? Is there anything the wave can do to realize its ocean nature? Well, when the wave finds itself at a tipping point of suffering. As it's about to crash onto the beach. Yeah. When its own waviness has become such a source of suffering, such a source of limitation, and it experiences itself as that limitation. 
the wave has become a problem to itself, well, that's either the beginning of the spiritual search or the tipping point of the spiritual search where true inquiry begins. What am I if I'm not this wave? And yet I really think I'm this wave. But this I really feel like I really feel like I'm this wave. Yeah. yeah. But this waviness is a problem. It has become such a problem that I can't stand it anymore. Then that's the genuine search for freedom, liberation from waviness. Something inspires that, something catalyzes that. That's a little spark. And then we might go down a million different paths some called spiritual inquiry, some called spiritual shopping bag, whatever, some called meditation, to find out what I am, I am, what actually exists. Does anything exist beyond this experience of limited waviness? That's, that's what, yeah, it's not, it doesn't give you a direct experience of consciousness. Nothing gives you that. Nobody can say when or how that will take place but it starts that inquiry so you something you, shifts you think there, there is great value in 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 that in that inquiry the self-inquiry kind of who am i yeah am i this wave or am, is there something more or yeah i i i don't think that is a method or a formula. No, yeah, I think I'm not talking about that's it in what that way. happens naturally. Right. Yeah. That's what happens naturally, organically, when this inner spark begins, because I say spark, but I'm not talking about this tipping point within. Mm. Yeah. Something starts to Yes, like the tectonic plates inside starts start to, to shake shift. a bit. Yeah, yeah. shift. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me, it was it started not as a form uh, a, a formal inquiry into who am I, but it started when um, through my own, you know, through my own experience of an emotional kind of breakdown when I was at university at the end of my PhD days. I, it kick-started this sort of organic inquiry. I can't, like I say, it wasn't a formula or formal kind of practice, but I, 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 it was like, if I'm not this, if I'm not this me that is the academic, yeah, if I'm not this me that is this high achiever, if I'm not this me that is trying to get my father's approval and recognition by having a PhD and therefore having a voice, um, then who, then, then who am I? And, 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 and I didn't ask that, but that's the energetic impact of that breakdown, if you like. And I started to by necessity, but also it was a great blessing and, and really was the beginning of my spiritual path, started to live and operate as nobody, not somebody. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't try to be anything. I didn't look for approval. I, I sort of went the other way, just 
naturally. And that's what there were, there were conditions. And that started me on this inquiry. What am I, if I'm not the me that I think I am, who am I? What am I? Not as another replacement, but that kind of led me to mm. consciousness, to meditation, mm. to awareness, to other energetic experiences that had not been in my realm of possibility. Mm. You, you've, you've doubted, had a doubtful relationship with your, excuse me, constructed or yourself all your life, really, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> so that's yes. made you, you know, in, yes. in that sense, it's made you a prime candidate for either insanity, breakdown, breakthrough, or or this that you talk to. Yes, yeah? that's true. Yes, that has always been. There's never been a strong identity right from the, the beginning. So that was actually a, a curse turned into a blessing in some way. I think, um, yeah, I think that's that can be true for a lot of people. Not necessarily, but it can be true. Yeah. For a lot of people, because yours has always been cracked, like mine has been cracked, but yours very particularly. Well, the, yes. The self has, has cracked, has That's been right. cracked. Yeah. If if the ego construct is actually not very strong to begin with, and that comes from all sorts of reasons, as you say, a kind of brokenness, a kind of lack of foundation, and, and whatever karmic, you know, pattern we're born into, um then actually it's easier in some ways to to wake up about out of whatever small ego was there to begin with not small mm. ego but i should call it a fragile ego it's more mm. permeable mm. um and that's identity I'm, I'm speaking of ego as as our identity what we identify ourselves as um when that's not very strong then it's easier for like you say it can lead to insanity because one hasn't got a good standing in the world what a good sense of oneself in the world and that can be incredibly problematic from a sense of self-consciousness to alienation to a feeling that i don't exist mm -hmm. to uh at, at the other extreme suicide which is mm. the attempt to prove mm. that you don't exist um <laughs> did you did you on your on your path then did you just did you go from that precarious quite fractured relationship with self of self with self uh, go into a kind of oneness phase you mean as an ideology yeah i do yeah um did i do that well i had a profound real realization that we are all one Yes, many, you many, wrote a, many years yeah, ago. Yeah, you <laughs> you wrote me. a song called "We you, Are All And you wrote a little booklet. I seem to remember, did. didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I, yeah. I'd I love mean, to hear the song. My... <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> it. Um, um, <laughs> I, I, well, that was a deeply kind of mystical yes. episode period of my life. I was having hugely cosmic experiences and insights and realizations into the nature of consciousness. I, I was also immersed in, you know, Buddhist meditation, although the Buddhism wasn't as important as the, med as the meditation mm -hmm. um, and so on. And I had a 
blinding insight, which doesn't seem like a blinding insight now, but at the time seemed to be that we are all one. And what I meant by that was not that we were all the same, but that we were all born of the same source, Mm. which is consciousness. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was the beginning of something. It was a rudimentary uh, doorway into a deeper realization. It, 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 and what, kind of what I'm searching for in a way is like, and now here we are, we're 20, 30, 30 odd years later or something like that. And it has taken qu- quite some journey for you to be able to talk uh, in, in this, in this, not talk in this way, but actually to resonate at the frequency that you do resonate at of authentic embodiment of non-duality. Yes. Well, only because there was a blip, what I call the blip, in which the... I woke up out of the dream of self. Ah, yes. And that, that, <laughs> that blip was the moment that you, or the experience in which you, you, you got it? I didn't get it. I became it, (laughs) if you like. I mean, I had, if we're talking of non duality, I had never heard of that word. I I don't even know if it was around then. Like you said, it's it's kind of been around for about 20 years, maybe. Um, It's a contemporary word now. Yes. I mean, this was about 20 years ago, this Mm. blip the shift in consciousness. And I didn't know this was non-duality. I didn't put it into any framework. Mm. I was just very true to my own experience, but it was, it was a merging of emptiness and fullness. Um, we don't have to go into all that no. we've spoken yeah. about yeah, it ad infinitum, yeah. but it was after that, in fact, several years after that, that I actually stumbled upon the term non-duality. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as soon as I did, I went, ah, ah, that's what it is. And, mm. and you know, one doesn't need the, a contextual framework, but the contextual framework allowed, I don't know, I, 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 I somehow felt I'd found a finally, well, come home in all sorts of ways. Not only had I come home through, through the awakening, come home to, to beingness as that which I am, that had already happened, but I sort of came home in the world as well. Mm. Yeah, I, it sort of all made sense. And so my understanding of non-duality come, comes directly from my own experience. It's only after that that I yes, can, yes. you know, by listening to uh, seekers in the mm. non-dual uh, arena, if you like, uh, on the non-dual path, that I can uh, speak to the... Uh, Subtle misconceptions, yeah. illusions, delusions, bypassing, yeah. and so on that are part of the whole process. Yes, I mean, that has matured and become a much more integrated uh, conversation now, mm-hmm. I must say. I mean, I'll just add, you know, way, way back in, in the, the 90s when I stumbled into the teacher that I stumbled into, you know, he gave us two books. And the first book was... Uh, Rumi's poems, but the second book was Nizagardata, I Am That. Nobody ever mentioned non-duality at all. So where there, there I was as a hapless, not even seeker, but a 
wandering fool faced with Nizagardatta. And it tore me, shredded me. I had no idea what on earth was being talked about. And now, of course, Nizagardatta is like, you know, the man (laughs) sort of thing. So it's fine. Yes. Yeah. It's just those things are. Okay. Um, I'm, I know that it's not a linear conversation. This, uh, to me, this can't be a linear conversation because it, 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 yeah, it's involving a lot of very nuanced assumptions and et cetera, et cetera. But it's, um, is there any, any, anywhere else we need to go with this at this moment? I think just to say that, or to conclude, if you like, or wrap this up, not a conclusion, but a wrapping up of this uh, quite intricate conversation, which can easily lead to a whole load of other conversations. Um, Just to say that this, the deep realization of non-duality is a paradox, yeah? It can't be grasped by the mind. It can't be grasped by the mind that sees in opposites. It has no opposite. It's transcended opposites, which is why we can say, and I'll say it again, that form and formless are one. The sun's rays and the sun are one. The sun's rays are an emanation of the essence of the sun. They're imbued with the essence of the sun. They're not some other matter. They're not some other consistency. They are the sun. So you you said this earlier, emptiness and fullness are one. That's the same thing. Yes, we don't stop at emptiness. When we stop at emptiness as the recognition, then everything is meaningless. And I've I've come across many people who who just somehow stop there because they've stopped in their minds. They've yes. taken hold of emptiness, and then everything is seen to be meaningless. Mm. Life is meaningless. Things are meaningless. This body is meaningless. Nothing matters. And sometimes then there is just an organic process of going through that and being with that and just allowing it. But if we're soft with that and not hold on to it as the final destination, well, I thought I was going to be free, but now I've just ended up in a (laughs) meaningless place, um, devoid of life. Yeah. I mean, I hear that a lot. I mean, we're, we're, we're sort of partly, um, not joking, but we're having fun with this conversation as we do with all conversations. But it's very serious, really. Yes, it is. I agree. Because yeah. real people on the spiritual path, and we we're involved with them. They're people that come to us or come to me. Mm. They have not not everyone, but you know there mm. are a few people that have this complaint, if you like, this syndrome. I don't mm. feel alive anymore. Mm. What's the What's the meaning of all this? Mm. What you know, and. It, I'm, I really want to say this really is not the end point. Because that's not the destiny. There isn't. Well, there a isn't a destination, but it's not the fullest realization of liberation. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it's a paradoxical place that we come to. Yeah. It transcends both form and formless, both emptiness and fullness, and yet includes both. Mm. And so it really is the end of the dream created by the self yeah, mm. in the way that we described. It's the end of the suffering created by the self, but that doesn't negate. It does include the very real 
experience of loss or death or pain, but we don't, but there's also an imper- a true understanding of the impermanence of form. So it's like an acceptance yes. and a feeling of it. Yeah. It's the exquisite agony of aliveness. Yeah. And that includes all of it. We don't get lost in the drama. We don't get pulled back into the drama. There's a kind of neutrality within, but it's not a cold, detached neutrality. Uh, uh, yeah. And we could go on, but I just wanted to bring that into it yes, because good. it's important. The exquisite agony of aliveness, I think you said, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's beautiful because the last minute or so of this podcast for me are worth it to hear you say such things. Yeah, because it's true. Because this this that I hear is you speaking to the capacity that we have for the deepest acceptance without it being a stance, without it being a judgment, without it being an end place. Yeah, without it being anything. And without it, it being a drama. Without it being a drama. Yeah, the but deepest actually, acceptance of the human experience does not have to be a drama. Yeah, but it also then doesn't have to be a cold. Ni- neither this nor that. That's yeah. right. <laughs> the exquisite agony of aliveness. Oh, murder. Okay. I think we, you know, those last two minutes. I think, yeah, we can we can leave it at that. And um, wonderful. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, everybody, for for putting up with us rambling <laughs> through this. And I, I hope by the end you got something interesting or worthwhile or juicy or or open hearted or or clear. Um. um Emoda, thank you so much. At some point, we'll have another podcast guest, hopefully somebody who knows about these things to speak with you. Um, <clears throat> maybe more eloquent me than me. I'm not sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, as they say in the trade, I'll see you in the kitchen. See you there. Bye-bye. And uh, take care. Okay, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll see you again. Subscribe if you can. And uh, share this podcast with anybody who's interested. Otherwise, we'll see you again soon. Take care. Be well. Goodbye.